Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash press on and use code press on 25 at checkout for 25% off impress manicure and press on falsies. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk with over 150 new and used cars to choose from along with the full Renault commercial van range and finance arranged within the hour. There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Myself and Louise were just chatting and we realised we're in the month of March and we haven't had a technology hit yet. Oh my God, what have we been up to? There's only one man for us. Yes, he's from Business Tech Help. Declan Bailey's with us on the show this afternoon. Declan, good to see you again. And you, Jerry. Thanks for joining me. Well, I want to throw a massive question at you and I know this is a huge one that's perplexing lots of people in the world. I copped a few headlines recently that said, is your smartphone really secretly listening to you? You know, you know what I'm talking mm. about. You've, you've yeah. read and, and, and delved into this a lot yourself. Well, is it, Declan? Well, if you look at it this way, ask yourself the question, what is actually listening to you? So if the smartphone, if it's just say a smartphone, but what is actually listening to you? Is it an app on the phone? Is it the actual phone that you speak into, you make a phone call on? What is actually listening? So that's the first thing you have to ask yourself. All the talk that's around the internet, any of the big, huge companies out there that control smartphones, especially the apps end of it, all have come back and said, no, we're not listening to anybody. It's just not happening. So you have to say to yourself, all right, if it's not the apps, then it's the actual handset itself. So therefore, when the handset, when you hang up on a call, what, what happens then? Is the phone reactivating itself? And who is actually listening to you? So when you break it down, you have to ask, well, who's actually listening? So for argument's sake, people will say, oh, I know, I've been looking for holidays. And then all of a sudden I go onto my Facebook account and there's the hotels I was looking at, the places I was looking That's algorithms. That's all into what you do in Google. So it's not when you look up holidays, it's not as if me and you are sitting here now and we're talking about going to Terman Fekin for a week. And now you turn on your phone, you look at Facebook and there's ads for Terman. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. If we sit down here and you pop up on your screen there, Google hotels in Terman Fekin, then possibly it might come up on your Facebook account if that computer is linked to your social media. If you're using the Gmail account that you have, the Outlook, whatever, everything has to be linked for algorithms to work. Other than that, yes, you could say people are... Because if we're talking about something now and then later on this evening you see something popping up on your phone, what we've spoken about, without you typing anything into Google... Well, then you could say, yeah, well, there obviously is something happening here because I did not physically type anything in to a handset, to any Internet Explorer. 
how how they come up. So that would then lend credence to the theory if anybody were to experience that. I wonder if anybody has. You've never, and and look at, you're working at this all the time. And I've never had a client would ring me and say something. Now, I know there was a thing, was in the news, hugely in the news there at that time where it happened to Apple a few weeks ago with their FaceTime app that when people had rang, made a FaceTime call, before it was actually activated, they could hear you or when the call was hung up, they could still hear you. That was a bug in the system. It was sorted. But other than that, I've never had anybody come to me and say, this has happened. I think somebody is, unless you are actually on Google, on some kind of search engine, typing something in and an algorithm finds you and then they throw up something. But listening to you, no. Mm, that's no. So understanding there's a distinction between both there that you're talking about and in your experience, we're not being listened to. Big Brother is not listening to us. No. But those algorithms certainly do link oh, people to oh, that's, interests that's, that they have. Yes, that's how they... That's, that's a great they, marketing tool, isn't it, for companies the, as well? That's how they market, yeah. That's yeah. how they do it, yeah. So that's the distinction there. OK, let's move on and let, let's look at some of the latest and greatest in terms of technology. First to say, between all the companies... There's a race to all the time, isn't there? Improve, get better. Yeah, I suppose it's come up with something new and different because people are, If you take for instance, you walk into any mobile phone shop and just look at the walls. Once, the, If the phones are off, they just all look like these, you know, black little boxes and they all look the same. So if you see something different, you say, well, what's that now? So they're going for something to try and get something different that will lead the market again in smartphone technology. And this is the new thing that's come up now. It was launched last week in Barcelona, the folding phone. Yeah, this is what we want to talk about for the next while. It's the Samsung Galaxy Fold. Well, Declan, uh, earlier today you sent me on a wee video to look at from the launch and that. This thing is something else, mm-hmm. isn't it? It is, yeah. it is. You have it, to see it. Uh, and we'll try and describe it for you today. But when you see this, you'll understand what we're talking about. Just explain what, what the concept is behind it. Well, essentially, it is like a two-in-one device. So you've got your phone, but then it can be turned into a tablet. That's the bottom line, to make the screen bigger. Because you know yourself, no matter what, like I know there's phones out there, 6.8-inch screens are big, but it's never big enough if you really want to do something on it. So if you can actually take a phone, so if you're looking at your phone there now, the front screen on the phone, and if you can imagine on the back of the phone, there is a screen as well, and you could actually flip it, like a butterfly, flip it open, and that would make one screen. So let's say a 6 to an 18 screen that you could work on. So it's a fantastic concept, because it's, you've got the two-in-one. You don't need a tablet then. Mm. But, uh, I don't know, have you broken screens and phones? Uh, from a fall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and most people would have gone something, you know, some scratched or cracked yes. or whatever. So trying to manage now two screens, a back and a front. Like, as I say, it's a great idea and a great concept, but actually day-to-day life with these things, because no matter what they say about Gorilla Glass and this glass and the other glass, you're not going to get a phone that you can just throw on the ground and it's not mm. going to break. So the managing of a handset like that is going to be extremely hard. We looked at it and it's like as if you got two phones, one on top of mm. the other, because it is twice the thickness. Of, yes. So if you're looking at your phone there today, be it a Samsung, an Apple or whatever brand it is, a smartphone and the width of it, it's sort of twice the width, as Declan says, and it's back to back. Now, here's the thing what we were looking for. Uh, they opened, um, I think it was Google Maps, on mm. the front end of one of mm. the small screens, like mm. a phone, and decided we need that a little larger. And he did the flip, yeah. like you said. He yeah. opened it out like the bottom. And it became one. 
And it is one solid screen. There's no divide and in it that's or the, And you see, people are probably thinking now, well, how would that look? Because when you open it up, there is going to be a hinge in the middle. No. There is no hinge. It's no. a wraparound. It's like they've gotten, for argument's sake, a you know those kind of plasticky screens that you put over see-through plastic screen yes. that you can actually bend. Mm. So obviously glass, people say, well, how can you bend the glass? So whatever material they're using, it's bendable. Mm. So when you do flip it open, the screen becomes one. There is no hinge in the middle. Do you think that with this launch by Samsung that it's alerted the likes of Apple and others to this? Yeah, well, I know the trade now are saying that Apple, well, Samsung have approached Apple that they would sell them their folding screen technology. Because again, anything that's new there's massive money going into it in the back end. So they've been working on this for three to four years now, Samsung. So there's huge investment in it. Now, the other thing as well is Huawei have taken out their own. And this was only a couple of days later. They launched their Mate X. Now, this is even slightly bigger than the Samsung. And people are saying in the trade press that it's a better quality screen than the Samsung one. But they're all going for the same thing. Flip it open and you've got a full seamless screen. So everybody is, all the manufacturers are going to be trying to run down that route. Now again, this is like the actual big, you know, the way they have the Samsung, let's say the new Samsung 10 and they have the larger version, like the iPhone with the large, the Max Mm. version. So it's going to be a niche market, always will be, because number one, the price. Mm. The price points around from 2,000 to 2,500 euro. So that's a lot of money for a phone that you just want to be able to make the screen bigger. It's going to do nothing else. Now, there will be some applications like the photography end of it, video end of it. There might yeah. be something there. But essentially, all you're doing is getting a phone with two screens on it for that kind of money. So it's going to be very niche. People aren't going to be walked. This is going to be mainstream. But it's the way forward. Some people are looking for phones, handsets to do more than what mm. they're doing at the minute. And this doubles up, we have to say again, in, in a way, a comparison. You have a phone that converts into an iPad. If you're familiar mm. with the iPad concept or that mm. type of concept, it gives you that larger size, lets you work on it. It is special, it really is. But that price, I, I, I took a swallow, a deep swallow when yeah. I looked at the prices you mentioned there. It is expensive. It is very expensive. But again, when you think of the technology that's in that, and if even for the applications that... If you were in a situation where you needed that screen in a meeting, like I'm here sitting in front of you, I've got my iPhone and I've got my iPad. Mm. The iPad, I wanted it because I'm reading off notes, so it's it's bigger. Whereas if I had just the one device that would flip open, well, I would only have the one device with me. So it's great from that point of view. So again, there will be people that will want that. I think you're in the market for it, Declan, if it comes to the (laughs) Apple direction. Let's watch this space. There's another one just to mention before we move on from this. The Vivo Next Dual Display. Mm. It's it's a little different to what we're talking about. Yes, this doesn't flip open. It has a screen on the front and the back. And what are, what's the benefits? Is it the camera on this one? Uh, yeah, I suppose it is the camera because you have both... What, you know what they say about the front-facing camera was always the kind of low-end camera. Mm. So the back-facing camera had, let's say, 20 megapixels, but the front one for selfies and that was always low-end. Whereas now that's gone because simply because of the vlogging market, you know, vloggers out there, and the selfie market. That's massive now. So people expect from a front-end camera exactly what they're getting from a back end. So there's nothing more that this one will do apart from, I've seen this on YouTube that this guy had demoed it, that essentially if you're watching something on the front screen, you can swipe and transfer it to the back. (laughs) And what will happen then, you literally see the app. So let's say you're watching a YouTube clip, you see the app pull off your screen, your home screen will pop up on the front screen and the YouTube clip will go to the back screen. Now, again, why you would want to do that? Because, like, you know, you just turn over the back and you have your home screen there. Mm. But it's a novelty. 
Like mm. I say, people are looking for the novelty factor. And actually, the guy who demoed it, he said, this is the phone that when you sit down and pop it up, unlike if we were in a, let's say there's six guys sitting here and we all pop up a phone, you might just take a quick look around. No one's going to say anything because they just all look the same. Whereas he said, this has the novelty factor. People will say to you, what's that you have? And you see, people go for novelty and they want novelty and they want the latest as well. The other thing to say about this is when it is taking a photograph, the person being photographed can actually see the image as they stand in front of the camera live. So so that's an aspect of it as well. Mm. $750 roughly. Mm. (laughs) So again, it's... Yeah, but that's all. Smartphones are all that. Mm. And you think there's two screens there. But again, you have to think of, will I break this? If I let this fall, what's the screen strength? Now, you've brought in some of the Apple range for me to have a look at today. The latest you have with you there. Tell me, what are AirPods? Right, so the AirPods are just wireless. It's a wireless headset. You know, you, all people have the Bluetooth headsets that connect through Bluetooth. Well, Apple launched these AirPods about a year and a half ago. And essentially, they're in their own little case, which charges the actual AirPods as well when they're sitting in there. But they're just a wireless headset. So a little small headset without the wire yeah, Can I have it. a hold of that? Yeah, just to see it, yeah. So it is just like the top end of the a top headset. End of the headset. No wires no in wire. it at all. Yeah, and it connects. The minute and you take it out of the box, it will connect to your device. You okay. put them in your ear and it's connected. That's it. Yeah. What about charging these guys? What happens? Charging them. So essentially when you, you've got your left and right, you put it back in the case, close open the case, and you see the lights coming on the case. So the case actually charges them. The case itself. Yeah. And then you charge the case. Oh, I guess I see the little connection yeah, there. that's for the way that, that works. Yeah. This is the second generation of these, no? the second generation will be out the end of this month, maybe early April, because this essentially is Apple's biggest seller now, those AirPods. They're 179 euros, but they're the biggest seller. They just tore away like a train, the sales of them. But now they have a newer version coming out because what this doesn't have is the Siri integration. So essentially, if you want to bring up Siri, like, hey, Siri, you have to go to your phone and then, you know, you're using your phone if it's in your pocket or whatever, but with this now, the new ones, you can actually say it and will activate through the headset. Plus as well, there should be wireless charging on it. It didn't have wireless charging, so anybody that has a wireless charging unit, you can just sit it on the unit. And and you have this unit with you here. This is just like a round disc. Disc, yeah. yeah. You charge that up. Do, 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 you char- do you have to have it plugged in or can you charge it and take no. it out of the plug? No, that has to be plugged in. That's always plugged yeah. in. Yeah. And you just, you put you your just phone, pop the phone you're down just putting it and your iPhone on top of that there. Yeah. Nothing to connect in and it's no. charging away then. And it'll charge away, yeah. Any, now the actual iPhone has to have wireless charging built in. This is the XR, so it has wireless, char- mm. like the 6, the 7, wouldn't have wireless charging built in. So when you put it down, nothing's going to happen. But once there's wireless charging built into any actual device so these here these airpods here these ones that i have got wireless chargers you pop it down and it'll just start charging but it's it's a neat thing that you're not going looking for cables yeah but apple are bringing out their own version of this the air power so this is going to be a longer probably about six seven eight inches long and it'll be look like a pad but the space because it's long it will have space for what they're saying your iphone mm. your airpods mm. and your watch so you can just put the three devices down on this pad and it will charge the three devices. It's like a base station. Yeah, a base station, exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah and and is yeah. That, that's on the way, is it? That's on the way. You know, there was a major delay. That was supposed to be here for last Christmas. A major delay. Something happened in technology-wise, but it's coming out now in March, April. Okay. What does Declan think of the Huawei P Smart 2019, the new one that's coming out, compared to the Samsung, the Samsung 36, is it? Or 3S? Yeah. Yeah, there's that many different numbers now for them. But yeah, that J6, Huawei. J6, it's a J6, J6 oh, I right, beg your yeah. pardon. Yeah. yeah, definitely the Huawei. You Much better handset, yeah. 
Yeah, and I have to say, they have come on leaps and bounds in the last year, that company. It really has. Like, they, we, when I was in Vodafone, we used to sell them. Very, very niche market for that brand. But now, my God, what they have come up with is absolutely extraordinary. They're, and like I said, they've got the folding phone now. Mm. The same time as Samsung has. Yes. So this so, yeah, company, yeah, they're, uh, they're in the news for other reasons. We know that mm, as well. Mm, but by God, mm. they are right up there uh, challenging the very best. And you know, when you come up as a challenger, I suppose the established crew, look at this jumped up. Yeah, but it's great because it keeps pushing people forward. Yes. With the new technology. So you love this phone. Want. Basic line. Lovely phone. Lovely, lovely phone, yeah. Declan believes. Um Talk to me a little bit about this thing I have on my wrist here. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, now, you talked about what do you actually use it for? I have a Fitbit, and I got a Fitbit as a gift for Christmas from, from my daughter. And I'll tell you what I used it for. And it hasn't, well, bar charging, yeah. I have wore it, Kept it absolutely consistently. I'll tell you what I like about it or what I use it for. See, when we were sitting here the other day, for example, I'm interviewing a guest, and mm. next thing I just feel a little vibration in mm. my arm, and I tap it, and I have the message. A question for the guest. Okay. In on the Fitbit, right. right? Okay. So it's linked to my phone. Yeah. And that's very useful for me just sitting here watching the time when I have to wrap up okay. with guests as well. It's great for that. I don't have to look away from you towards yeah. clocks or anything. Yeah. I love it for the... It has us all hooked on the 10,000 steps a day. Okay, right. Are we That's doing the, the 10,000 steps? Yeah. The other thing I like is my heart monitor. It will show you that. And Declan, the sleep aspect of it, my God, am I a shocking sleeper when I see this. Is it accurate? Well, you know what? And that's, I would, I would turn around to you and say, now, you've actually used that because I would say, how can it be accurate? That's my question. I, I cannot figure out how they do that. Do you think it's accurate? I don't think it's accurate for the steps because I think it registers steps even if I'm tapping my feet at the desk <laughs> okay. or moving my hands. I okay. have to be honest. I couldn't do the 10,000 steps some days. Now, I do like it when I go off for a walk with the dog and that I yeah. understand that I am covering plenty of ground and it does show up there. But I question its accuracy in that. Now, as regards the sleep thing, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know sleep. But it's showing mm. a shocking sleeping pattern pattern for me. Okay. So, in, in so far as the pattern that it's shown you, how do you think you can improve that? Uh, well, I, I have to really, uh, I think, go to bed probably earlier, <laughs> get all the mad thoughts out of my head that keep my brain ruminating for hours on end, perhaps, when you have a busy day and are thinking of things. I do believe it that I don't sleep deeply for long. Okay. I, I would say I am a light sleeper and I'm inclined to wake and go back to sleep again. So, <laughs> But... The question would be, if when you started that, so when you got that and you started the sleep thing end of it, mm. you were conscious of doing that. So you said, oh, this is going to monitor my sleep now. So I had a client that had the exact same scenario, but six months ago, and she said that it drove her crazy thinking about this thing, mm. actually monitoring her sleep. And that affected her sleep. <laughs> because when she kept on looking at it in the mornings, she said, oh my God, the sleep, just like you, the sleep is terrible. Yeah. And she was conscious of it going to bed at night time. So that so in it's almost like the placebo effect that yes, you know. Yes, I see. Where, why I see why would you saying. want to do that? You know, you're if you're a bad sleeper, you know you're a bad sleeper. Mm. You, everybody knows their sleep patterns and routines. You don't need a watch to tell you that. You know, it's funny. I think this has changed my perception of my sleep. Before this, I would have yeah. thought I was a reasonable sleeper. Yeah. But with this, I think. God almighty, I'm in a mess here. What do you think of them in general? There you are, I've given you... What do you think of my the way I'm using well, it? That's, and that's exactly it. So for argument's sake, I would say to you, forget about the sleep end of it. Don't wear it at night. It's only annoying you. Okay. You know, your sleep is your sleep. Before this, you were getting on grand sleeping. <laughs> okay, it's gone from this evening. All right, Declan. From the steps point of view, absolutely, 100%. I think they're fantastic. 
it's a great idea. And plus as well, if you can judge on yourself that, okay, today I've done 5,000 steps, tomorrow that's really 15,000, to try and keep up for your mm. week. If you monitor yourself on a weekly basis, well then I think it's brilliant because the 10,000 a day, it's hard enough to do. But there again, like you said out with, for a walk with the dog, it's amazing how they just rack oh, up. Oh, they do. They do. It shows you when you put in the Yeah, and it shows paces. you to the route because most people mm. will have their little walk route <laughs> and they don't know how many steps is actually in that yes. until they get one of them. Yeah. And when they do see that, say, okay, right, 7,000 steps, I just need to go a little bit further. So, yeah, absolutely from the head. And the link to the phone I like, as I it's mentioned great. as well. It, it, it's very useful for me. I really do like it. But then are you monitoring on a weekly basis? Are you looking at how you're fixed for your 70,000 steps? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's my next step. <laughs> Leave that one with me, Declan. We'll, we'll park that for the moment. Let's move on to something because time is going to beat us and I wanted to ask you about this when you were here. Google, uh, the new Chromecast. Now, it's out a little while mm, this is, mm. but it is new. Mm. Uh, why a Chromecast? What's the benefit of a Chromecast? Well, number one, the price of it. It's just extremely cheap. So if it goes up against the likes of the Apple TV, which currently you'd be spending but just on shy of €200. Euros. This is cheap. Cheap and cheerful. It does what it says in the tin. Simple as that. And the thing about it is with Google, because it's Google, it's linked to your, let's say 90% have a Gmail account. It's linked to that. So everything is linking up. And again, here we're talking now about algorithms and, you know, apps watching what you're doing. So for the likes of YouTube, you'd look at YouTube. Mm. If you are logged into YouTube through your Gmail account, there's an algorithm built up there. So for argument's sake, you get your Google Chromecast, you set it up and you set it up through your Gmail account. When you go into the YouTube app, it's going to show you stuff that you have watched and are interested in, not just generic stuff. It will keep track of what you're watching. There's no point in me having an American baseball up. I don't watch it. What's that doing up there? But if it's if you set it up properly, when I turn it on, open up YouTube, it's stuff I looked at, car shows, whatever it might be, technology-wise, it's all there. So it's great to have everything linked and that's why the Google end of it, they make it. So, you know, it's link, keeping things linked up. Is there any point in a Chromecast if you have a smart television? Is there any benefit no. in having a Chromecast? Do you need a Chromecast for any reason? The only, the only thing that would maybe would be apps from the App Store point of view on the Google Chromecast. Just like you've got the App Store on your phone, on an Android phone. It's the same thing. There's certain apps you could download that you wouldn't be able to on your smart television. So they're two different platforms, if mm. you like. And and this Chromecast enables you to download movies, uh, have access to... Yeah, there's so many things now, like, you know, uh, well, the big thing is Netflix. Mm. And that's what everybody wants up. Yes. I want to be able to see Netflix. So how, what's the cheapest way of me getting Netflix if I don't have a smart television? Mm. That's it. This. Yeah. If you're a smart television, Netflix is built into it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's betwixt and between. It depends on what you want out of something when you're watching it. We've given you plenty of food for thought technology-wise, certainly today with Declan. And if you want to find out more and if you're in business or if you need help in any way with technology, he is the man. Check him out, businesstechhelp.net and the number 087-123-6789. I'll never, and I'll say it again, 087-123-6789 for Declan Bailey. I'll never, ever end my jealousy of that phone number. I'm sorry, I just have to admit it today. Till the next time, Declan, thanks a million. Thanks, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Petrol Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk.
It was to be the trip of a lifetime, but unfortunately cut short by a wee parasite. Dave Turner and Jerry Mulroy from Drogheda are with me in studio this afternoon to tell us the story about their big plans to transverse Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos and Thailand. But unfortunately, the trip ended in Cambodia. I'd like to welcome them to the show, Dave and Jerry. Good to see you both again. Thank you for joining me. Nice to be here. Let's go back to the beginning of this. I remember you in with, with me here a few years ago. You did the American thing, Jerry, mm-hmm. coast to coast 2013. Yeah. You went back to the States, did it the other way subsequently. Mm-hmm. What put this far <clears throat> eastern odyssey afoot? What? Why? Well, I think we wanted to go somewhere where uh, people didn't speak the language, didn't speak English, somewhere the food would be nice, different, and it would be warm. And just somewhere we'd never been before. No, no cultural, big cultural difference from anywhere we've ever been. And it's on your bicycles, yep. the two of you headed yep, off. Yep. What date did you leave Ireland? 7th of January. And what was the intended length of the trip? Well, we had, we were intended, actually it was, it was a complete surprise to me because Dave had said he had an idea. We were up in the house one night and said, and he had said it to me in privacy. So I went. Out, I was having dinner in the house, and I said, um, um, "Dave, what about this trip?" To which his wife said, hey, "What trip is this, Dave?" Just total <laughs> surprise to her. But anyway, uh, it was it was a trip um, that was weather-wise. It, it was it was important that we left early in January. But I thought he was talking about maybe June, July time. So I said, "When are we leaving?" He said, "Seventh hey, of January." I said, it's just after Christmas. So that was that was a, a, a quick, quick, quick mind of mine, you know. Yeah, we just after Christmas. But it was, it was, Jerry, it was just to um, see someplace different. And I thought, as soon as he said Vietnam, Cambodia, blah, 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 up to Thailand, uh, I thought, yeah. Let's do I, it. And I said, well, why not? Yes. You know. Now, I take it you all got your jabs and everything did, yeah. you need to yeah, get yeah, before yeah, you yeah, left, yeah, going yeah. out to that part of we the did, world. Yeah. So away you go with your bikes. <clears throat> you fly to where? Where do you start off from? Ho Chi Minh City. Okay, that for, was your from, first... From, from your own Saigon, I think. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So when you touch down and you start off on this journey in your bike, do you have plans as to where you're staying, where we, you're going to sleep, we, where we, you're going to eat? We, we booked the first night, well, first three nights in the homestay, which is like a bed and breakfast. Mm. And Miss, what was her name, Miss... Miss Yang. Yes. And her sister and her... <coughs> lived young there, lived, lived, young yeah. Mrs Yang. And the father lived there, and he was quite an elderly man, small man. <coughs> and we asked him what his name was. He said uh, he, he's number eight. So well, he doesn't know Christian. No, all in his generation, they're all known as numbers. So he was number eight. He was number eight in the family. Yeah, number eight. He was the eighth he, child, and he was called number eight. Quite quite normal for him to do this. Yes. You know, so and, and he, he'd been in the Vietnam War, and so he yes, he was quite small, and he was yes. he was very good with the tunnels and stuff. Mm. Now you head off from there on your bicycles. You, you look around. What's the reaction of people to you two guys? There's um, Vietnam now is apparently one of the most popular destinations for tourists so we were surrounded by oh, backpackers bicyclists mm. everything else but Ho Chi Minh City absolutely huge it's a huge city and the traffic is everywhere I mean I think the safest place is the middle of the road <laughs> you stand on the footpath and you just get ran down by a moped if, if you could imagine cutting a vein and rather than blood come out people 
That's just what it's, it's like. Just like that. that. Non-stop. Everywhere. From everywhere. But you everywhere. didn't stand out. That's the point I'm getting no, to. Well, we, no, no, no. We, 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 we did in some places. We, we, one place we stopped in overnight and the people come up, come up to us and say, can we have a photograph taken with you, please? Because I didn't see people like us. Mm. <clears throat> and people had questions they liked to ask us. So one guy actually had a list of questions he liked to ask us. So they were really interested and we did stick out because we were quite taller and looked different from everybody yeah, else. Yeah, so from know? time to time that yeah. happened, but when you started off in the big city, no. <clears throat> what about this cockroach? Where did you see this huge cockroach, the biggest ever? Oh, that was the first night in uh, Miss, Miss Yang's place. The one with the I, saddle I, on it. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I think I asked. I, I could have ridden, ridden around the room. <laughs> was it that big? Well, they're very big compared to what, uh, what, you what, know, we, would, what we would be. You know, Jerry, you know the Irish thing, always a huge yeah. rat. Oh, no yeah, one yeah, ever yeah. saw a small yeah, yeah. rat. Like, you know? No, no, so it weighed, weighed, weighed at least a half a pound, I'd say. <laughs> so you could put a saddle on it. <laughs> mm. So we did stay, we actually stayed in Ho Chi Minh City. We, we actually, I suppose, to acclimatise to the, um, well, to the weather, I suppose. Mm. But Yang, we, we stayed three days. Miss Yang okay. was quite upset. Three days before we did I put that on our blog that I've seen this huge thing in the corner. Yeah. Anyway. That was our fat. Yes, <laughs> you survived the cockroach incident. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tunnels, you know those famous tunnels yeah. uh, that they used in the war, yeah. uh, in the Vietnam War? Yeah. You actually experienced the tunnels, yes? There's one, it, it's a tourist kind of a thing, but I, I, you know, I, got, I got into one where, um, uh, uh, you know, you put a cover on, it's grassed over and everything else. And they're, they're frightening and, to, and to and think you, about the war itself. Yeah. But I got into one and Dave videoed and it. And you all stand back and you can't see anybody and suddenly up comes Jerry, you know, <laughs> out, with the, out with the hole in the ground. Well, I come up fairly slowly. Well, it's a tiny thing. And to think that over the, during the, the, the Vietnamese war, there was um, over at three different levels. Um, 200, 240, 250 kilometres of tunnels built and, and, dug. and just, mm. a, just about big enough to we, well, just, we just got through for, a, for Dave it was a bit more difficult I'm, I'm slightly shorter but for for <clears> the, for the Viet, Viet Cong as yes, they were called small people uh, they were they you know they, they would be crouched down mm. I mean like it, claustrophobia and, uh, and they couldn't bring a gun through the tunnels the guns had to be kept at the entrances you know of course but there was a whole there was a whole like a small city underground yes. there was sleeping accommodation there was eating cooking accommodation mm. washing accommodation at the whole bit I mean yeah. it was amazing and cooking amazing yeah, when you yeah. get to see it firsthand yeah. yourself. Tell me this, you went from Ho Chi Minh to Mai Tho <coughs> on the Mekong River. Uh, you were saying pl- lots of people uh, as you passed by. Thousands of people, yeah. tons of people. Unbelievable. <laughs> what about this um, karaoke? I heard you spent yeah, an evening yeah, it, of it, it, karaoke it, the period. No, hey, Jerry, did you, did you, <laughs> did you take did you the guitar with you? Oh, I did, yeah. Well, I think on every, every one of the trips that I do, I've done a few. I <coughs> buy from Connor Hughes up in uh, Black Rock there, uh, the music shop, yeah. Dundalk. Uh, I buy a half size cheap guitar. Mm. That's what I do, and um, uh, we we spin it along. Now the other time we had, we had some great sessions in in Ho Chi Minh City, uh, doing doing a, a, a Garth Brooks song that they've you know do you know that song? I said no, never heard of that before. So we went on, uh, but as Dave was saying, you could be going a, a, a dirt road. And suddenly hear this very extremely loud music I mean, coming uh, from was, coming car- from his house, and he dancing around singing karaoke. Karaoke was absolutely in everywhere. their language. Yes, karaoke was everywhere. Not Beatles. Not and Eagles. did you stay beside the karaoke place or we, we, near we, it one night? One night we did. Yes. Any sleep? 
Well, Very little. Yeah, we I didn't. Uh, no, we, I was looking for a cockroaches actually most of the night. <laughs> Dave had cockroaches <laughs> on his on his mind uh, after that first we night. Had, we had lizards in that room as well. <laughs> Tell us the story when you stopped for lunch <laughs> uh, uh, one day in Vietnam, wherever that was, and that nobody had a no, word no, of English. Nobody had a word of English. And was there a menu? There was a menu. That was all the obviously in Vietnamese. Okay. <clears throat> So we didn't know what to do, so I made a noise like a chicken and, and went whoop, 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 and it was flat me wings. And Jerry went moo like a cow, and the, the guy understood what we wanted. So we had chicken and beef. It was served. It, it wasn't no. It wasn't nice. It wasn't good food. <laughs> no, I mean, no. it might be chicken might be prepared. You'd say, well, chicken is, but it was like chicken legs. <clears throat> it just wasn't. It, we weren't used to it. As, as our palates are not not yes. used to that kind of thing. But, but, but we, that's the only way we could get through to the waitress, you know. But anyway, the the the, the symbol and the noises are universal, no matter what the so, language yeah, or culture yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got your grub for it. Do you know these hammock roadside doms? Yeah. <clears throat> what are they? Well, that, that was... Uh, unfortunately, they don't make hammocks for people of Dave's size. Oh. But uh, the hammock, they're little rest areas, and you actually rent them. You have something to eat, and then you... Well, you kip yeah. for about for a half an hour or an hour. Between 12 Did you fit, Jerry? I wouldn't try one of those things. <laughs> the first day, you wouldn't give me one. <laughs> Not with you, I <laughs> but and there's lots of other people in them as well. You see, so there's people <laughs> snoring, there's people wake up, farting. Just there, there's, there's you know, there's people listen, listen to listen to the radio. Be, yeah. People watching would be movies, like, like in oh, France, they they take their you know, yeah. their little break yeah. during yes. the day. Yeah. Uh, here, they, they they have something to eat, and they just just got the heat. You just couldn't mm. do it. Just it was thirty two degrees, so you only we had to that, be that old that old saying: the mad dogs and Irishmen. Yes. Yep. We were the only two on the roads. I mean, it was really, really hot. Really it was, hot. Humid. It was taking it out of the two of us. Humid, it was, as I go back to, we went in January because it's a good time. It doesn't, mm. it, it hasn't got close to the uh, the humid end of things, the, 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 the rainy season. But the heat. That's most uncomfortable. Mm. But you did, if you just have to deal mm. with the heat, but if you have to deal with with moisture as well mm. like you're, it's it, so it hot, just uncomfortable it was so hot at noon I mentioned a rat earlier on and you when you're comparing yeah. the <laughs> size of the cockroach uh, you saw a few rats in, in oh, every we, guise we, we stopped in this uh, it was a hovel of a place really but there was only place that had any shelter and suddenly we were sitting, sitting there in the shade suddenly these guys appeared with these huge nets full packed with rats very flat uh, metal cages and then they put them in these metal cages I think we were in the distribution centre for rats for the area because every five minutes somebody came up and bought these cages and put them on the back of their trucks or the motorbikes and off they went with them and this was everything was on motorbikes everything a a, a moped went by us and there was was like a whole family there was the child up front father driving I hope it was the father driving a child in between and the mother with a babe in arms at the back I hope they'd full comprehensive I don't think so (laughs) hardly anything I think the uh, tyres looked a bit worn as well yeah Yeah. I could imagine anyway the rats were for consumption yes they're eaten they they would be they'd be they'd be cooped like like, you know they, they wouldn't be like our rats mm. uh, in, no, in all fairness they were caught in the paddy fields they were caught in these cages no they, they looked like rats outside but they would they would they would just gorge themselves on on the, in the paddy fields on rice 
So, so they were eating well, clean. So they were well, yes, well fed rats. We thought mm. we didn't actually try one. You didn't no. try. No. Oh, I'll tell you what. You tried I'll, something I'll, because it cut this trip short. Stay with us on late lunch. Heading to a short break. The boys had to come home early. You're going to hear why in a moment. Dave Turner and uh, Jerry Mulroy are with me talking about their trip to the Far East by bicycle. Now, Dave, back to you, the man in question. This trip came to a sudden halt. What happened? When in Nonpen, we were at the uh, Anger Watts, which is quite a big, spectacular sort of tunnels and things. And mm. and, and uh, no, 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 they weren't tunnels. They were uh, they, 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 they were like castles. And I felt really sick, so I got the taxi driver to take me back to the hotel. <clears throat> and then I sat there, and the uh, bottom dropped out of my world, and the world was dropping out of my bottom. <laughs> I've never had diarrhoea like that in my life. <clears throat> so I just laid on the bed and felt sick. Couldn't eat anything for a couple of days, had diarrhoea all the time. So eventually Jerry said, we better get a doctor to see you. And do you, can you can after you pin three days? <laughs> after, after three days, <laughs> yeah. you're a brave man, Jerry. You had every confidence in his recovery. Can you pinpoint what caused this, or was it something you ate, or what, Jerry? What do you well, think? I, 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 I'm well. I mean, we have, we would have it on 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 the doctors. Uh, what he did say was, it, it's in the water. It's a, it's a parasite. It's it's, it's in the water. <laughs> so Dave was always very very careful. If we went out from it, we ate in we ate in in, in in fairly decent places. So it wasn't. It's not undercooked food. It's nothing like that. It's it's a parasite that lives in the water. So Dave. Um, but, you know, very, very careful about, you know, do you want ice? No, no, thanks. Uh, bottle of water that's sealed. Mm-hmm. So at least we were careful enough that way. Uh, Dave, unfortunately, you could you could actually catch mm-hmm. it from having a shower. If you ingested any of the water, of course, you would do. Oh, oh, oh. And you could get mm-hmm. it from that. So I had so I didn't catch this because I well, I didn't drink water for a start. I drank beer all the time. Very, very careful, and I didn't wash myself at all. No, yes, 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 really, yes, he I got did. away. I did. And he drank water. Well, the odd I time, was yeah. wondering what it, well, it the was, door opened there today. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, I'm only cutting. But it, it was it was careful that that Dave, you know, with with the with the best of intentions of of you know eating properly and and drinking the right stuff. It can hit anybody at any time, and it was bad. So a droplet of water, in a way, could get this into your system. It could have been somebody working in the kitchen somewhere who didn't wash their hands properly. Yeah, okay. Okay, but you got this anyway. <coughs> and did. what had you... What, what, what was it ultimately well, uh, I'll diagnosed tell you, I'll as? I'll tell you what happened. The, the doctor arrived and he said, uh, I need a sample of your uh, stool yes. and a sample of your blood. So I, the stool was very easy, uh, and the, he took the blood, and I said, uh, how long will the results take to come? He said, I'll be back in an hour. And he's back in an hour with all the results. He said, you have amoeba. I said, what's amoeba? He said, it's a, it's a parasite. I thought amoeba was a one-celled animal, but he said, that's all I had. So he hooked me up to a drip for a day and gave me tablets, which I had to consume for about a week. And I wasn't allowed to drink spicy food, fried food, oily food, pineapple, fresh vegetables, sour fruit, cold water, tea, coffee, soft drinks or beer or alcohol. He is that so, off so, by heart. You so, had plenty of time to consider so, this, so, obviously. So I thought, what a great time I'm going to have now, eh? <laughs> Jerry, what did you do? water and bread. Well, I, I think at the, at the end of it, um, the one thing the doctor had said... Um, you know, uh, because you were on other medication, and he said, "Oh, yeah." He said, "But, but be very careful of these tablets that I'm giving you. Uh, take two with your lunch, uh, midday, and one in the evening time." He said, "But be very careful; they're poison." 
Yeah. Could have so could have used a better word than so that. I thought. We, we have to poison the parasite. You kept saying yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we just had to be careful about yeah. what we had. How it was going? I was still in full health. So we were in. We were in CM Reap uh, in the hotel. We were there for a full week. Uh, the it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Doctor's bill, I think, for the day and a half was about eight, eight hundred plus dollars. Six hundred fifty dollars. Mm. And um, our hotel is. bill, two separate rooms for the whole week was two hundred and forty dollars. So, you know, you need to be very careful as far as insurance is concerned. Yes. You need to be you need to get so covered. When was the call made to abandon ship? Well, after I'd been sick for two days and we got the doctor. Well, it was three, four days and I had said to Dave, you know, um, you know, really. I, I didn't have enough strength to go for them. Yeah, for yeah. I, knew he had, I knew he hadn't got it in him. Not to get back on the bike anyway. Mm. And we were a couple of, we were, we were behind schedule anyway. Mm. So I just said to Dave one day, I said, don't think of this, this is not going to work. And he said, no, don't think so. I said, we'll go home. It's yes. as simple as that. And did it take much rejigging no. to get out of there and get back home? We we got we got a taxi, two taxis all the way to Bangkok, which took a day, and the the lovely ladies in the travel agent in the town sorted the tickets out for us, and we were back in mm. three days. When something like this hits you, there is only one thing you need to do: yeah, get home, get back to yeah, base. Exactly, really, yeah, where you feel a lot safe. Yes, and, safe. I, and did you have those feelings? Like I know yeah. Jerry was in full health and he was looking after you; he was right there. But did you did yeah, you feel absolutely, that? Absolutely. All I wanted to do was come home. Mm. And at eleven o'clock in the morning, when the old plane touched down, I felt great. <laughs> you did. You did yeah, a Pope yeah. John Paul. Did you kiss the? <laughs> did you kiss the tarmac? Well, kissed me. <laughs> I kissed Jerry, but he hadn't washed for a week. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too pleasant. Was that worse than the thing you had inside you? <laughs> 
wasn't making him feel <laughs> any better anyway. <laughs> no, but but was, while he's sitting beside me, I must thank him. He was brilliant. Mm. I, I would have done what I'd done if he hadn't been there. Mm. But again, it's not, not not a mutual admiration society here. But I know, I know, I know. Dave would have done the same for me. So, yes, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, and it was it wasn't even a case of me going on and maybe doing it on my own or anything else. Mm. There was no nothing else in my mind. Just just get home. Mm. He was like I can do it again. Was, Dave he, can do it again. He was like Frost Nightingale. He was. Bed, baths, and everything. I told you not to say addresses. <laughs> He's a man of many talents, but now yeah. nursing, he has his degree yeah. after this. Well, trip. it was the dress that did. <laughs> but when we went to Bangkok, because I, I'd been to Bangkok a couple of times with, with Stephanie over the years, and Jerry never had been to Bangkok, so we we had a day's touring in Bangkok, so just so Jerry could see some of the sights in Bangkok. Mm. It, it, it really was <clears> good. And then when we finished, of course, you were saying about the guitar that I had. Uh, uh, you know, it's cheap and cheerful, as grand. And we had a, good, a couple of good sessions, and we, I, I packed up the bikes, and you know, while we're getting ready to go, and uh, our tuk tuk driver, um, and he was really, really nice fella, and he was downstairs with his son, his twelve year old, thirteen year old son, and I was thinking, well, I'm, I'm jiggered if I'm going to start dragging the bicycle around, or the the guitar back home. So <coughs> I gave it to the young guy, and I've never seen anybody <coughs> smile as much. I thought it was. I thought yeah, it was just, was, just lovely. Well, lovely. I'm really smiling. He was today. delighted with a good. Oh, Jerry, what a lovely. No, gesture. no, I mean, no. It was, I mean, it was hundred euro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm, don't don't get me wrong. hundred euros, hundred euro. Uh, yeah. But I thought, well, I'm I'm buggered if I'm going to yeah. start dragging and this we, thing around. And we gave his dad some bicycle tools. We didn't want to bring them back with us as well. So he was delighted himself. Well, we gave him a yeah. t-shirt with with bar, bar, Barlow's Barlow's Tavern written on it. Yeah. Someday you'll get a call. You'll be in the Dublin Road looking for you, and the young fella will be a megastar on <laughs> yeah. the yeah. stage in Eastern Europe, and he'll say, "That man, Jerry Mulroy, got me going with that as, first guitar." As my father said a long time ago, rest his soul. He said, "If you can do somebody a good turn, do it." Absolutely. You're well, exactly. hale and hearty, I'm looking well, I, Dave I, Turner I, I, again. I got back on the bike about three weeks ago. Right. Right. Will you go back? I don't think my wife would ever let me go back <laughs> that, that, far, that far anyway. You'll have they, to go... They, they'd like me to stick with Europe, they To said. nearer climbs, yeah, exactly, I'm just yeah. thinking that as well. Yeah. And everything's cleared up and Everything, you're in yeah, good I'm, health. I'm, Evan, Evan's fine. Yeah. All's well that ends well. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me on thank the you, show Jerry. today. It's been brilliant Pleasure. to catch up with you. Okay. And uh, I'm delighted uh, that it turned out so well for you. And uh, the next trip is in the planning, but we can't talk about that no, here this don't, afternoon. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> the moment she's there, she won't hear this. <laughs> Dave Turner and Jerry Mulroy. Roy, thank you very much for joining me on the show. Thank you very much. My next guest has a really impressive resume, clinical hypnotherapist, mindfulness and neuro-linguistic programming practitioner. It's not easy to say that, you know, mental health expert. And the title I love best of all about Fiona Brennan is Ambassador for Positivity in the Media. You're laughing there as I say that. You are so welcome to Late Lunch. And the reason she's here today 
She has a new book out. It's called The Positive Habit, and I absolutely love it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Jerry. Very, very happy to be here. I love that ambassador of positivity. I, I want yeah. people like you around me. I think we need it, Jerry, to be honest. Um, and I suppose I have given myself that title um, because it is so important that there are people out there who are spreading positive energy and are a voice in the media for um, what positivity truly is. And I think it's important to clarify that because there's a lot of kind of misconceptions, let's say, about what the word positive truly means. And what the way that I look at it is that it's actually more about being practical. It's about being uh, open It's about acceptance of the negative, for example. It's about working through the negative. It's about embracing it and understanding what's what those feelings are and getting rid of a lot of shame and guilt that people do feel, unfortunately, for having uh, negative emotions, in particular, anxiety, stress, worry. So, you know, it's it's not that sort of Pollyanna sort of uh, idea that people think it is. You know, it's actually a very useful life skill that will not just help you to deal with, you know, challenges that come your way, but will actually help you to to be the best version of yourself. I love that about your book because you do point that out on several occasions through yeah, the book that, yeah. you know, you can't be positive 100% of the time. You are going to hit these times in your life that yeah. are really challenging Absolutely. and it's about dealing with those. It is, yeah. In, in a way that is kind towards yourself mm. because the essence of the book is is through my clinical work, working with people day in and day out and seeing and learning from them. Like I learned so much from my clients, you know, that's that's the real um, sort of place where we learn about human nature and to see how unfortunate it is that so many people carry a lot of guilt and shame, you know, as if they committed some terrible murder. They haven't done when you actually start to dig a little deeper. What are you so what are you feeling so bad about? You know, oh, I forgot to ring my mother or I forgot to do this. They're, they're taking on so much and then being so hard on themselves that that creates more negative toxic energy that is draining, that is exhausting. So it's about really being kind to yourself. I think that's something that I, you know, one of the primary things I help my clients with mm. is to help them to be kinder to themselves. And when you're kinder to yourself, you are inevitably going to be kinder to other people. It just makes sense, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. But here's yeah. the thing I was thinking with you coming here today. We're all born as babies and come into this world as yeah. young children and we're in different environments with different people, different circumstances. Absolutely. Where does, you know, this negativity arise from? Okay, well, I talk a lot about that in the book. Mm. So there are various different sort of ra- reasons of why that can be for a person. Universally, what we all share is our evolutionary negativity bias, okay, which is for survival. So it's the idea that, you know, we will give our attention to something that's negative, first of all, because if we don't, it's it's sort of, you know, it could be a threat to our survival. So we're sitting here now, we're chatting, we're having a great time, and a tiger comes in. Are we going to keep on chatting, having a great time? No. No. I'm gone for us. Sorry, Fiona. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> You'd leave me hanging Every here, man you? and woman for themselves. <laughs> Now, I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> ah, no, I'd be chivalrous. Don't worry. I'd take them on, Fiona. I'd take them on. Um, so what I'm really saying is that in our evolution, our brain has got used to this habit of giving the attention to the negative. 
from a survival point of view. That is now out of date in terms of that, you know, as far as I know, no tiger is going to come in here right now, unless there is something in an LMFM, <laughs> no, I don't know. You're about. All right. But there is no tiger here, so we're safe, okay? But um, the way that the brain works is that it will sort of record, you know, any sort of stress or trigger, whether it's sitting in traffic, whether it's a sort of comment from a loved one that can irk you, um, as a threat. And then the brain, like, will start to focus in on that. So, a good example is, for example, someone who goes in for a, you know, a review at work and the boss says five good things about them and one area that they need to work on. They leave that space and they're like, oh, that's really good. And then all of a sudden the brain goes to the negative. But they said this. They said, I need to, you know, improve my public speaking, for example. Oh, my God. Maybe that means they're going, you know, if I don't improve this, I'm going to be fired. So it goes right back to survival. You know, because obviously that is our survival these days. Our work is like the tiger that, you know, so that's where a lot of people will find that anxiety sort of rising for them. So this is nicely segueing into the point of this. Yeah. We can all work yes. on any negative that hits us, any difficulty, a challenge in life and turn it. Exactly. Once you understand how the brain works. So that's the the first point is the evolutionary sort of Mm. process. But we also need to look at the conditioning. As you said, Jerry, in terms of your own childhood, the very formative period of your life between zero and five years in particular, the first year also. So what was going on at, at that point in your life? You know, understanding that is actually very, very important. Was there much affection? Maybe there was mental health issues with your own mother or father? You know, so understanding that can actually be very, very um, empowering. Because So we carry this. We carry this. The subconscious and the book really focus that that's what's quite unique about the positive habit um, is that it is working on both levels. It works on a conscious level and a subconscious level. And that's what I think is so important because there are lots of great self-help books out there. I absolutely think so. But what can happen is that the, the, the sort of effect of it can wear off because we need to go that bit deeper. We need to sort of soothe, if you like, the subconscious mind, which is where a lot of our habits and our beliefs live in that part of our mind. So the audio element, Jerry, of the book is where that works on the subconscious. So you're reading on a conscious level and you're sort of supplementing and reinforcing that positive message in the audio element of the book, which is the hypnotherapies. And that's where people listen to it lasting at night I have the sleep time hypnotherapy. So you just sort of doze off into this effortless, beautiful sleep that really reprograms your brain as you're sleeping. And then I have the seven minute morning ritual that I talk about in the book. So you start your day. It's it's like that last thing at night, first thing in the morning. Those are the two key points where your mind is most malleable, most suggestible. So when you know that and when you actually say, OK, this is the time where I'm going to reinforce what I really need to hear. You know, I need, what do I need to feel today? Maybe I need to feel calmer because I have something coming up. Maybe I need to feel hope because I'm, I'm dealing with a challenge. So what is it? And that is the six um, positive emotions that are the sort And of I'm going to come to those in a few minutes. Yeah. But I, I was going to actually come to that. And, okay. and, and, and that intrigued me about the book. You yeah. believe uh, in getting a good eight hour sleep at night. I was talking mm-hmm. about my Fitbit earlier on in the show and I'm not getting a, a great amount of sleep. Okay. But, but I just saw in your book, eight hours yeah. you, you feel everybody should have. But this thing of going to sleep with positive reinforcement is 
actually works. It makes a big difference to people who Absolutely. are struggling in any way. Yes? It really does, Jerry. I mean, it's incredible. I just, I had the book launch last night and there were two people there that flew from Italy that I'd never met who had done my online programme, also called The Positive Habit. And they were so sort of moved by it and how it had really transformed them and really helped them that they wanted to come and meet me. So it was just such an amazing honour that these two women came. Wasn't that fantastic? Yeah, it was. It was absolutely really, really beautiful. And to be honest, they told me that it was it was a repetition of listening to the MP3s, the hypnotherapy, night after night after night that really made that difference. So it is, it, the subconscious likes repetition. I'm going to take a short break. I want to come back and deal with these uh, six positive habits because they are important just to let people know what you're talking about here. The book is called The Positive Habit by Fiona Brennan and I have a signed copy to give away. She's going to sign this and we're going to give one away. It's my copy to one of our listeners today and we'll tell you how you can win that right after this break. Oh, the positive vibes around the studio this afternoon. I can feel them with this wonderful lady here. Fiona Brennan's with me. Our new book is called The Positive Habit. Would you like a signed copy? I've read this book cover to cover myself and I really enjoyed it. And there's so much to be taken from it. I'll give it to one of you this afternoon. Here's the question. You know the phrase, and we were talking about it a moment ago with Fiona. When you are positive, right, when you're positive about things, is the glass half full or empty. So is it full or empty? That's what I'm looking for. Full or empty. Which is it? When you're a positive person, is the glass half full or empty? Answers please, quickly. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Get going and we'll pick somebody before the end of the show. Now Fiona, let's deal with these six positive habits you talk about. Or in a way, are they... Im- can emotions describe them as well? or what, What's your feeling they on that? They are emotions, absolutely, Jerry. But the way that I would say it is that they're emotional habits. So as much as, let's say, stress, worry or anxiety is a habit, so are positive emotions. So what I've done is turned it around in a way that truly helps the person. So in any habit, there are three components. OK, you've got a trigger, you've got a routine and you've got a reward. So if you look at it and you say, OK, I, would, I want to cultivate and self-generate positive emotions. I need to look at what is it that actually makes me feel like that? What makes me feel calm? Could it be lighting a candle and having a nice bath? It sounds pretty yes. calm to me. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. So you, you purposefully and consciously start to bring these habits into your life that really, really help you. Um, so I talk about six of them in the book. Okay, okay let's deal with them in turn. The well, first one, yeah, love. Love. Well, to be honest, Jerry, just to rewind a okay, tiny bit, the first one is really the now habit. Okay? okay. And then the six come in. Okay, so the now you're talking about living in the moment. Living, it's the mindfulness aspect, which without it, there is nothing. We why, can't build why from Why is that so important? Because we need to be aware. If we are unaware... You and I are are talking right here now and we're very present. We're focused on each other. We're listening to each other. And that's why the conversation is working. If we allow our minds to go off to what we're doing later tomorrow, whatever it may be, we're not fully here and engaged with the work that we're doing, which is really important. So when you anchor yourself in the present moment, you now have self-awareness and you're able then to start to take the steps. And if you look, the, the cover of the book has a ladder. So it's the idea that the the sort of two feet are on the ground, okay? And then the first step is love. So you move into a place where you focus on what love means to you. Uh, I talk a lot about self-love, the importance of how, again, it's like what I said earlier in terms of being kinder to yourself. Even though people have said over the years, oh, that one or that fella loves himself. It's important. 
to love yourself. It is. It's essential. Not in the sense of like, I love my, aren't I great? And even when you say <laughs> Not it, the Mars bar thing where you no, eat yourself. No, not the not ego. That. It's yeah, not about yeah. the ego. It's about a healthy relationship with yourself where you're kind to yourself and where you see the best in yourself. So it's a very different thing than thinking you're, you know, the next best thing, you're getting too big for your boots, all of that yeah. stuff. And that yeah. love about maybe, like love in a relationship, love of children, family, mm-hmm. your work, your friends, is it all encompassing? It is, yeah. And you're more open to those moments when you're grounded in the now, when you are loving yourself, you're more then again able to sort of notice those moments of love in your own life. You know, those tiny little micro moments that can Mm. slip by in terms of even just petting your dog or, you know, giving your child a bedtime story. These are like precious golden moments. And when you open to them, you actually start to physically change the shape of your brain and your biology. So you're starting to cultivate a really healthy um, system that activates what we call the parasympathetic nervous system, which is extremely good for our health. Mm. You know, digestion, sleep, all of these things. So everything is so interlinked, Jerry. Do you know what I'm thinking there, as you said to me, and a, and yeah. a bulb has gone off in my head as you say <laughs> it, that it, when you're not in the present, not in the moment, you make bad decisions. And, you know, I've reflected on that in my life at times, that if you're not mm-hmm. fully here and now and concentrating, that's yes. just a subsequence that, that, that I've thought about yes. a moment ago there. Come on to calmness. And, and okay. you said it a moment ago, yeah. cultivating that. Like people love the scent of candles, having yes. a bath. Yeah. If you cultivate that in that fashion, mm. will that enable you to be calmer when crisis hits? Yes, absolutely. It's almost like money in the bank. You're having these resources of emotional um, energy that you need at times where challenges arise, where you need to be calm. So being calm, actually, and I, talk, I speak about that in the book, can save your life. Because you can you can make a split second decision yes. that you couldn't make if you're not calm. If you go into panic mode, you're unable to actually resolve a situation. So you, know? you can train yourself and yes. be prepared and lay the groundwork for that time when you really need to be calm. Exactly. And the breath is what does it. The breath is hugely monumental. And it seems so simple. And it is. <laughs> Sit and quiet, yeah. I've done it, and just focus on the breath and it really does give you a calmness. Yeah. Confidence now yeah. is very important because it takes building and mm. yet can be knocked so quickly and easily. It's a good point. Absolutely, yeah. And it's like it leads on. So each emotional habit is leading from the next one. So when you're calm, again, you're going to be more confident. And confidence is something you're so spot on there that it is something that can be really easily knocked. And it's something that people suffer a lot from. And it's like the most successful people suffer from it. You'd be amazed, you know, like suffering their own success. That that to me is such a, a tragedy because it's that whole idea of imposter syndrome, of not feeling good enough, of being found out, of questioning themselves. You know, really people are doing extremely well in life. And you've seen this. You've met these people. I've heard yeah. this before that yeah. people have this... Um, image or persona they project yes. and very public people in media and stage performance yeah. Yeah. and yet behind it yes there, there's an absolute you know it's like two people and they're so terrified that someone's going to see through that and that's you know that's draining that's how exhausting. do you build confidence how, how do you restore build well you see that's what the, these steps oh, are okay so, so it's, it's like now love calmness and now because you're calm you're now ready to step up to confidence because you're present you're there so you're not doubting yourself, you're not, you're calm and you're at peace and you feel loved. Mm. 
those are the those are the things that so actually create confidence. So these are all confidence. the steps on the ladder, exactly. the building blocks. And, yeah. and and here's the thing: I, I noticed this. You said you must move through them in this order. Yeah. You can't jump. It's not on. a book to jump no. ahead. No, it's, it's in this particular order. And it's not a book to read quickly. Like I recommend at least three weeks, twenty-one days. You know, you mentioned those formative years with children yeah. and they're growing up, and you have to correct them. Sure, that's what's wrong with an awful lot of society today. Children are allowed to run amok. Yeah. But in a way, you have to build their confidence as well, don't you? Isn't that, That's a challenge. It is, but it's an important one to do through love, through feeling secure. When you feel secure, you feel confident. If you think about what is not feeling confident, it's feeling insecure. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So yes. when you feel loved, you feel secure. An absence of fear and feeling safe. Those two combined. Yeah, exactly, Jerry. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So then you move on when you have your love, calmness, yeah. confidence, Gratitude. gratitude. Why is gratitude so important? Well, I think it's something that a lot of people feel guilty about. You know, I should be more grateful in my life for all that I have. Um, and when we feel guilty, we're not doing anyone any favours. So we've got to remove the guilt. And that's one of the, the uh, parts I speak about is removing the guilt from gratitude. So allowing yourself to actually really get a sort of gratitude practice into your everyday Mm. so that you're not feeling like I should be doing it. You are doing it, you know. So it can be a simple thing like sitting down. I do this with my own family every day. We'll say three things we're grateful for. That's it. And what it does is it actually trains your mind to focus on what was good about the day. Yeah. You know, and you do that with children from a young age and it becomes a habit. It's all about the habit. And that's another good thing to do with them from their young. Yeah. Hope. Now, here's the thing yeah. that for a while in Ireland was really in short supply when the country crashed and we've been coming out of this gradually, slowly mm-hmm. losing. I just think a loss, relationships, a mm-hmm. job, a home, family member, mm-hmm. you know, hopeless situations. It's yeah. important to have this hope, isn't it? No matter what. I ap- Yeah. I mean, what are we without hope? And I think humans have such a capacity for hope and we've got to allow ourselves to have the courage to feel hope because there's so many people who are afraid to hope. You know, like even in a, not in a terrible tragedy, but let's say you've got an interview for a job and you are afraid to hope you're going to get it because you don't want to be disappointed in case you don't. Mm. But the point is that the energy that you spend worrying about it is actually wasted, precious energy. If you allow yourself to have the courage to hope, you're going to go in and do a much better interview. You know, and you can take that same principle and apply it to much more sort of, you know, uh, adverse situations. We're nearly at the end of this chat. We're at the okay. top of the ladder because okay, here good. we are at the very top of this ladder that we've been climbing for the last while. <laughs> and there it is. Happiness. 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 So the whole point is that happiness is not something that you try to create. It is not something that you sort of try to be happy because that's just kind of painful. The truth is that it is the combination of all those steps that lead you to be naturally and authentically happy. So you're open to actually feeling those moments in your everyday life where you you actually realise that you're happier than you may have even noticed, you know, because you were too busy worried. <laughs> <laughs> and being too busy as well is a thing you refer to in the book. You know, we often say busy people, but busyness often at times allows things into your life. And, and that's something you should uh, focus on when you get this brilliant book called The Positive Habit. I really enjoyed it, I have to say. Thank and you so I hope we've given people a feel for it with you this afternoon. And, you know, there will be times when that happiness is knocked, but this book gives you the tools 
It does. To deal with that. And Absolutely. that's what I love about it. Congratulations on the book. The Positive Habit, it's called. If you want a signed copy, they're flying in the messages <laughs> to us. One more time. When the glass is half, when you're happy and you're positive, is the glass half full or empty? Which is the answer? Full or empty? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text for the moment. Fiona Brennan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Petrol Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. Just coming back to some of your earlier comments on the show, Declan Bailey with us, top of the show, talking technology. And we were talking about my Fitbit and Fitbits in general. Jerry, my daughter is a hairdresser. And when she's at work, the Fitbit is giving her steps when she's using her hands. I suspect that as well. And that, uh, I think, further confirms what I felt about the, the step thing on the Fitbit. Ashley's called in really annoyed to the show. She parked her car in the old Super Value car park on Stockwell Street in Drogheda and paid €5 for the parking ticket. The ticket fell in towards the radio and she couldn't retrieve it. She obviously went about her business. The car got clamped and the man who declamped the cars was in the car park. He didn't have to travel anywhere. She offered to pay him €50, all that she had in her purse because she had to collect her child. He put her onto a supervisor and there was no talking to that gentleman. There was just no leeway at all and she thought they were very, very rude. Pity you can't retrieve that blooming ticket, no matter what. I'd still try and get that ticket if it's in the car and present it and see what happens from there. I can understand your frustration, a child to be collected, no go there anywhere. Thanks for your call to us. Louise, we had another contact. We've been talking in recent weeks about the scourge of dumping and rubbish. I posted some pictures last week at Tesco Extra at the uh, clothing bins. Thankfully, that's been cleaned up. Who's been on? A gentleman called in, Louise, yeah? He did, yeah, and I'm kind of shocked at this, to be honest, Jerry. He said he was driving um, on his way to a motor show uh, last weekend um, and going along one of the major roads in County Louth and he saw an elder, what he described as an elderly lady he estimated to be in her 70s uh, at the side of the road outside her car and he, as he drove by, he kind of twigged, oh, maybe this lady needs help, maybe she's a puncture, maybe she broke down. So he turned the car around, went back, offered to help and as he offered to help, he noticed a couple of black bags on the verge beside the car um, and she was a little bit evasive and he just, he tackled her over it and he said, are you dumping? And she put the bags in back into the car and he said, well, do you know what? I'm taking a picture of this and I'm reporting it to the litter warden and he did. So she was caught in the act. It was a major road. It was a, one of the major roads, I though. I was going to throw two black bags into the ditch. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of... He said that she was driving a very nice car, like, and mm. I'm just kind of shocked in that I always just assume in my head, very wrongfully, obviously, that it's much younger people that mm. are doing the dumping. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? I think it's mm. no age. Age is no... Uh, defining factor of who dumps or who doesn't dump or who won't organise to have their rubbish dealt with in a proper fashion and who don't as well. An example there of somebody on the more senior end of the scale and having no qualms about it. In a way, I think maybe people of an age were used to not paying for 
refuse oh. collection or dealing with rubbish, you I know. N- I know that, Jerry, but those fees are in, what, 20 odd years, are they? They are. They are. You know? They're in a long time. I know what you're saying. In a few years, you might kind of say, mm. well, okay, but... Anyway, there's one caught. I- I'd love some of the more extensive dumping agents or people who are at it all the time to be done as well. Do you think it's right that people uh, dump uh, hedge cuttings and grass from their gardens uh, anywhere as well? Do you think that's okay? Stuff that could maybe, you know... Uh, decompose and go back into nature you know not paper or stuff like that is it right to throw your garden cuttings your hedge trimmings what elsewhere like you're talking like put them in the car drive and just oh not even putting them in the car I see people who live around me with wheelbarrows heading down a little laneway beside us with all their tree cuttings and grass and things like that and just dumping them on the lane oh I just look at them and think to myself holy god now I know it's greenery and that and with time it will go away do you think that's right? No No. I wonder what the listeners think is it alright to dump grass and hedge cuttings and anything like that into ditches that'll decompose ultimately is there any forgiveness or leeway in that or is it wrong? Never really thought about like I've never really thought about that Oh, I see neighbours of mine all the time. They don't want it in their own back garden. They don't want to put it in bins. But they head over with their wheelbarrows. There's a little laneway near where I live. And regularly they go over. And just and when you go over, I go down the laneway for a walk with my dog. And there's all the hedge cuttings and grass. They've no qualms. They do it in the middle of the day. Everybody sees it. And them. they obviously just think, well, it's... It's a laneway there. Now, there's somebody living beside the laneway as well. And, you know, I've often seen creatures on the laneway. We were talking about them earlier on with the boys from Vietnam where they eat them, called rats and yeah. things like that. Does it encourage that? Just an interesting thought. It is actually. Is it okay to dump green? Is it no bother? Is that okay? Are you okay with that, folks? How do you feel about that? If you have an opinion on that, I'd like to hear it. Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight WhatsApp text LMFM. You know all the social media platforms. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine five eight. Heading to the final break on this Thursday afternoon, and afterwards it's ooh la la. Yes, big success for a local fashion designer in Gay Paris. If you're positive, the glass is half full. Yes, the signed copy of The Positive Habit by Fiona Brennan is going to Sandra McCabe in Slane County Mead this afternoon. Well done to you, Sandra. Thanks to everybody who entered. Uh, John's been on to say, if you own a farm or land of any kind, you can dump your own greenery there. But I'm not talking about your own land. It's on somebody else's land and a public place, John. Now, it's been a hell of a time recently for Aston to fashion from Dunshocklin Paris Fashion Week one of the highlights of the season of the year in the world and they've made their mark and I'm joined on the line by the lady designer herself Asta Jackson hello Asta Hello, Jerry. How are you? Thank I am. Thank you for saying this and having me on this day, on your programme. You are very welcome. I'm delighted to talk to you. Congratulations. Will you tell our listeners how you came to go to Paris with your designs? Oh, you know, I am a big believer in our, um, you know, kind of self-development. And I really, this year, like every year, I make my New Year's goals. And this was one of my goals, to go somewhere to show my fashion, my designs to any other country. I didn't know which one. I didn't know how. It's just, and then after two days, actually, I seen this advertising about this competition, but any designer could be on it. And it was hundreds and hundreds applicants from all over the globe. And I'm like, okay, you know, am I good enough for Paris? And, you know, you could think, oh, no, you're probably not good enough. You know, you can make yourself feel that you're not good enough. But I actually just sent it. I, I applied and everything. 
And I, I think about a month after I got this reply from them, but they picked only 10 of us from all over the globe going to Paris Fashion Week. And it was something what I actually couldn't dream about, but I knew I'm ready for it. You know, kind of in your mind, you know. What a great story this is. So off you go to Paris. How many outfits do you take with you to display? Every designer have to bring eight outfits. And I made eight outfits in about three weeks because we <laughs> was just celebrating 10 years in business in October and I had all my outfits already for fashion show and everything in here. But I didn't want to show again the same ones. So I have to work with my customers like looking after my customers and working making these eight outfits. And I do make hats too, like hat pieces. So I really, really was working nights and days. Oh, I could not sleep. It was just so excitement. Yes, I was tired and I'm still feeling it. (laughs) But you know, when you're excited and it's like inspired, you just go and you don't care. Did you eat? Did you sleep? You just go. (laughs) Oh my, you went and did you make a mark and an impact? Really, you turned heads and it's put you now on the map worldwide, hasn't it? It is actually, yes. And just yesterday I looked at my email and they were showing and sending us four magazines. One in Paris, one in London, one in New York, another one I think it's in Paris too. And all of them online, they're featuring the best looks. As we had 36 designers because they bring their own designers from America, from all over the globe who is already with them. With this company, Fly Solo, and it's all about independent uh, designers, so they really was from all over the world. And now my designs is featured in all kind of big magazines of fashion, so, oh, I just can't, can't stop, like, you know, smiling. <laughs> and I don't blame you, and God, Don Shockton may watch out, they'll be coming from all over the world to check you out and giving you orders and asking you to design and make for them. Tell me this, how long are you in this business? As a business woman, like say, yes, I'm and 10 years okay. in, in Ireland working in as a business, but I am work, like sewing from seven years old. So believe me, it's a lot because my mom was a dressmaker and she was teaching me everything from little. I couldn't reach my my legs, you know, with the pedal. So my mom, I was sitting on my mom's knees and I was doing it and she would push the pedal and I would sew. I was just into it from very, very early age. And you're originally from Lithuania, 10 yeah. years here. And business is good in Dunchoklin? Yes. Uh, actually, I'm 17 years in Ireland, but 10 years in business. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Dunchoklin is booming and really amazing place to come in. We call it girly place because if anybody getting married, come in and get your dresses in Jenny's, in any other boutiques, in Crinabelle and Picket Vans. We have loads of beauty Salons and everything. Like, it's really girly place. Dunshocklin is the place to be. I just wanted to say hello to you today. We'll talk more down the road. Congratulations on your success in Paris. We're truly delighted for you. Thank you so much, Jerry. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you very much. Asta Jackson there joining me uh, from Dunshocklin after a big, big success for Anne. We wish her really well uh, for what she's achieved. Wonderful, isn't it?
hundreds and hundreds of entries. She was selected and she has made her mark. Check her out. Asta Fashion Dunshocklin is the name. That's a lot on late lunch for this uh, Thursday afternoon. International Women's Day tomorrow means one thing on late lunch. Women with opinions. And we are honouring a very special lady as well. And we'll hear from some men about the significant women in their lives. We leave you though today with a man. And what a singer he was. It's Mr Roy Oberson. See you tomorrow. Late lunch. Half one. Every time I look into your loving eyes I see love that money just can't buy One look from you I drift away I pray that you The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 Petrol Cajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.